Today on Locked On Canadians, it's the second part of our two-parter with our special guest. Today, we're going to talk about Habs' defensive depth. We're, talk we're going to talk about standout talents at the World Juniors. And we're going to talk about maybe later in the first round, if the Canadians are able to get some, some return for some of those players that they trade at the trade deadline, who might be available. All that's coming up on today's Locked On Canadians in just one moment. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 763 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful Scott, wonderful Scott, my wonderful co host, <laughs> Scott Matla um, of Habs Eyes on the Price. I have multiple Scots, only one of them is wonderful um, of Habs Eyes on the Price, and our special guest, Sebastian High, uh, Director of North American Scouting for Dover Prospect. Sebastian, how are you doing today? And thank you for joining us for a two parter. I'm doing great. Thanks again for having me on. These are always a lot of fun. Uh, we really enjoy having you on and our listeners absolutely love you. And I, I really enjoy the insight that you bring about Habs prospects and prospects all around, because that's something that on our show, that's not something that we're experts on. So we bring in people who do this night in and night out. And I know you do a lot of in-depth analysis. And for those of you who are on Twitter, check out uh, Sebastian's account, high underscore Sebastian, because he has analysis threads with like visuals and video and everything. And those were really, that's actually how I discovered uh, Sebastian was somebody retweeted his Kirby doc thread into my timeline. And I was like, Oh my God, our listeners need to hear from this guy. Um, so let's start with a mailback question that we received a few weeks ago, but we postponed until this episode because we knew at some point we were going to have you on. Um, and I really wanted to talk about it with you because I feel like you, you bring in some fresh insight that, you know, Scott and I kind of have our opinions, but I wanted, you know, I wanted uh, your thoughts. And this was from Adam Yu on YouTube. The question is, we have a lot of young D in our system, including our current lineup. It's easy for fans of any team to overvalue their own pieces, and many of them might not even be destined for NHL careers. So this is kind of a two-part question. Could you please rank the prospect D? And then could you explain which players are overhyped, underhyped, and provide maybe a more realistic ranking for our future expectations? And please include uh, Jack Eye. So I'm assuming that for the purposes of this question, Somebody like Jordan Harris, Kane Gooley, and Arbor Jacki. Obviously, those those players would be part of this conversation. Honestly, for the for the top spot, again, it's different between like upside versus certainty and and everything. But I I, I don't see how you give the top spot to someone other than Lane Hudson. Uh, I know a lot of people might disagree with me and just and go Kane Gooley there. Um, but I would have. <laughs> I'm I'm all aboard the Lane Hudson hype train, and I have been for a long time. I mean, I'm pretty sure I ranked him higher than any other public scout did uh, for the 2022 draft. Uh, I had him 11th overall. I had him one spot. I, I had him sandwiched between Simon Nemetz and uh, Matthew Savoy. Like, I, I, I really, really, really like Lane Hudson. I think um, we talked to you about that, too. Oh, yeah. And, we definitely yeah. did. Yeah. I... <laughs> Look, Lane Hudson, the pure skill and playmaking and intelligence uh, can't be matched by any defenseman in the Habs, pro in the Habs pool. Not, not even close. Um, 
I think if, if Lane Hudson turns out, you have your first pairing offensive driver, uh, f- first power play quarterback. Uh, he, he can do it all uh, offensively. Um, he still needs to work on his pivots. Um, his, his defensive game is honestly, it's gotten a lot better in terms of in zone defense. His transition defense is still pretty passive and he needs to work on, on his, his gap control and his engagement against the rush. Uh, but those are things that that you can iron out, and defensemen always take a bit longer to develop than forwards. So I'm not overly concerned about that about those things. Uh, and considering the Habs spent a draft pick on a, a five foot eight defenseman uh, who looks a lot closer to five foot ten now, like he's, he he looks a lot bigger than he did last season. Um, he has those but, special skates with lifts in them because yeah, we talked about I, it so I think much. <laughs> He has to be on stilts, but but yeah, like like Lane Hudson for me would be the top ranked defenseman. Um, again, it, it, it kind of is a risky selection because we see Caden Gooley doing what he's doing in the NHL already. Like okay, sure, his actual analytics aren't great, but he's been playing with Savard and Edmondson all season. Like I I'm sorry, but 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 ending up in not like the first percentile when playing with those those, those players as a rookie, like he's he's doing great. Like he. Caden Gooley, um, I, I still think projects as a number three defenseman rather than a first pairing guy. Um, I'm seeing some people people calling him a future number one defenseman, and I really have my doubts as to what their expectations for number one defenseman on a contending team are. <laughs> but you know what's really funny is that I thought he was like, like honestly, I do think that he's a top pairing defenseman. I was just like, who's going to be the guy that he's second to, right? Like that's exactly, like, yeah, that no, was my question. I, there's definitely a conversation to be had between like it's upside between number two, and number three defenseman. I'm a lot more comfortable with number three defenseman because I, I still I, I still have real questions about his game with the puck in transition. There, there's some really nice flashes of solo rushes and the skating ability is tremendous, but his actual decision making under pressure with the puck is still a bit inconsistent. Um, his passing game in transition still needs some work. I think one of the issues with, with how he's been used this season with guys like Savard and Edmondson is that he's being relied on to be the primary play, player on that pairing in transition. And that just isn't his game. Despite the, mo- the mobility, he's a lot more effective when he's not the primary transition driver on a pairing. And uh, I, I, I love his offensive play. Um, he's so good against, uh, against the rush. Like his transition defending is, is, is by far the best in the Habs system. Uh, I, I'm a very, very big fan of Caden Gooley, and I think that that number three upside is is not only likely to happen. I think he he, he can likely reach that pretty soon. I think Jordan Harris would probably be, be my my number three among defensemen. I I love everything about his game. Um, Jordan Harris can do it all. Um, so effective. He he. For me, if you have Jordan Harris as your number five defenseman, you're set on on, on D. If he's number four, I think you're also pretty good. I think a pairing, a second pairing of Caden Gooley and Jordan Harris, who'd be playing on the right side, that would be beautiful to watch because Jordan Harris can is so good in transition as well with the puck. He, he's so calm under pressure, great skater, uh, and that pairing. Not only would you have clearly defined roles for both players, but both players could interchange between left and right defense and both players could trust each other enough to to activate offensively and trust their partner to 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 handle an odd man rush if 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 the puck ends up going the other way but yeah so so he'd be, be my number three uh number four it's tough i, I think i might go Jaden struble 
just on pure upside. His production this season in the NCAA has been awful, but the raw tools he has and his actual transition game is, are so elite. The skating ability, I, I still I still believe in him as a prospect. Um, I'm cooling a little bit on him this season just because I was hoping to see a bit a bit more development from the last like year or two. But uh, Jaden Struble is still a very, very good player. Uh, probably Justin Barron would be fifth. Barron is a great skater, has some really nice offensive tools, uh, really good physical involvement. It's just a defensive game, and his, his actual passing decisions and transition that really need some more refinement. I did not like that the Habs called him up. I, I wanted him in it for an entire season in Laval uh, because at this point, like his confidence was just surging because he was doing so well with Laval. Uh, but now he's been healthy scratched twice and he's going to get sent down at some point. And that I just, I, it was not a worthwhile risk to his confidence to do so. Uh, I would have loved to see them recall a, any, any other player, basically. Like I, I know Nick Boudin was, was, was over uh, playing the, the Spangler cup, but uh, he'd be a player I'd be calling up over, over Baron right now. I think he's been, better this season in the AHL and I I think there's a lot less risk with calling him up than with a guy like Baron um but yeah so that that'd be my, my top 5 and then after that kind of gets messy because then you get you get players that are kind of in the same tier so like guys like Arbor Jack I you could throw in Logan Mayu there um Adam Engstrom that would be kind of the next tier of defensemen uh where Arbor Jack guy is going to be a third pairing guy. He doesn't really have top four upside for me, but I I, I like his game. Um, I, I I do appreciate Arbor Jack guy. Uh, I think a lot of people are overvaluing him. Um, I don't think he's going to be a top four guy at all. Uh, but he's he's a fun mobile number six defenseman, a uh, good skater, great shot, uh, and just so entertaining. Right, an absolute fan favorite. Like I I I, I love Jack guy. Um, Adam Engstrom's an amazing skater, uh, great in transition. I have some question marks of his game apart from that. He really worked on his gap control this season, which has been, which has been nice to see. Um, and yeah, and then Logan Mayu, look, I, I know we, we, we've all gotten sick and tired of talking about him. I, I don't see any real, I, I see no top pairing upside. I, I'm doubtful of second pairing upside just because, in order to, to really like like stay afloat playing top four minutes in the NHL, you need to process the game at at least a, a league average level. And Mayu is, is not anywhere close to that at this point. Uh, I know that, that there are some defensive analytics for the OHL that, that, that show that Mayu's been very good, but I think that's really swayed by uh, playing on a very good team in London. Uh, and it's just a lot of his defensive issues... Uh, aren't fully exploited in the in the OHL but are just they 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 lack so many translatable elements where I just I I really have my doubts um with how he processes the game his decision making um yeah he's a great shot um he he has he's, he's a good skater uh he has a lot of good tools but in order to apply your tools effectively you need to be able to think the game at a certain level and look, maybe he can be a number five or six defenseman in the, in the NHL, second power play guy who's just a trigger man from the the Ovechkin spot. Like, sure, like, I, like if if that's what he is, I, I think that's kind of plausible. Um, but I, I I really do have my doubts for top four. But I, I don't want to talk about him for too long, just because we we've all talked about 
loved my U way too much. Um, and then you have names like like Nick Baudet and William Trudeau that kind of fill out the rest, and and Miguel Tourigny, who's fun. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be kind of my my ranking of of the Habs defensive prospects. Scott, anything to add? Uh, no, not on that. On uh, not right now, anyways. I'm excited to have this conversation this time next year and see like how these players have evolved, particularly about Lane Hudson and Caden Gooley, because I mean, I'm way higher on Caden Gooley than I used to be. And I feel like I'm way higher than on Caden Gooley than you are, which, um, which is like, I, I think, and, and that was sort of the point of the question, right? It's like, who are we overvaluing in this system and who are we, you know, who, whose hype is deserved and whose isn't. And so I'm very, very excited to see what happens with Lane Hudson, because as everybody on the show knows, I am a hundred percent short King all the way. Um, and I, you know, I have a lot of faith in the short people, but what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to talk about some standouts from the world juniors. We wanted to, like, there's some exciting players, including defensive prospects that the Canadians might want to look at some, some people who kind of distinguish themselves over the course of the tournament. Um, and then later on in this episode, we are going to talk about, uh, later first round, if the Canadians are able to get some prospects, um, for some of the players that they trade away. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl to basketball to anything, really. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I know you do because you're listening to this one, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, so lots of games in the World Juniors. Uh, there were a bunch of surprises. There were some teams that played really well. Uh, what we wanted to do today was talk a little bit about some of the players that kind of made names for themselves at this tournament. There was a player that we were excited to talk about on the last episode that we had to move to this one, Axel Sandin Pelica, which uh, really, really cool name, some really great names there as well. So Scott, you had some questions. Take it away. I, I do, because the biggest thing is this is a name that I saw popping around uh, draft and prospect Twitter a lot, a lot, a lot. And admittedly, I didn't watch as much of the world juniors as I wanted to, given the whole snowstorm situation that happened in Buffalo. I wasn't exactly at home set up to watch uh, the games here. And well, obviously focusing on a little bit like, you know, Leo Carlson on there and as from a Hab side, looking at Adam Engstrom playing for Sweden. What makes Axel Sandin Pelica stand out so much? Because I I feel like this is the kind of name that, you know, the Canadians with their new drafting philosophy, they went for Lane Hudson. Pelica seems like he might fall into that same, you know, they're going to take their their risk there for that because he's a unique talent. I just don't know as much about his game, I think, as I would like to for someone whose name I've seen mentioned so much so far. I, I believe that if Axel Sandin Pelica were drafted by the Habs, that he would be the top defensive prospect in the Habs pool. And I'm saying that as like Lane Hudson's biggest fan. Uh, Sandin Pelica is one of the most mobile defensemen in the entire draft. His forward mobility is elite. Um, he is, is so smart in, in how he plays. He's constantly... Um, making himself open for, uh, as like a play diffuser in transition. So if, if teammates are being pressured, he's constantly making himself open to, to be passed to as an outlet. Um, he, anticipate, he anticipates play extremely well. Um, 
overall in transition because he's, such a, he's a great skater. He's an excellent passer. He's very smart. He understands pressure and timing and spacing. He's elite in transition. He, he He's really exceptional. And uh, offensively, he has a great slap shot. He's a great distributor. And that mobility really allows him to change angles uh, in the offensive zone, which allows him to open up lanes. And he knows how to exploit the lanes that he opens up, which is awesome. Uh, defensively, uh, this is a bit more contentious. Uh, this is where more people disagree with, uh, like, in terms of like, within like the scouting sphere of, of, of how good he is defensively. Uh, I I quite like him defensively. I, I mean, I have him ranked, I believe, ninth overall right now, and um, he he's very good at at protecting the slot specifically. He, he's not going to be the guy that 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 continually chases the puck behind the net and 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 applies that physical pressure because he he is undersized. Uh, but he uses his mobility and he has great scanning habits to block off passing lanes in the slot. Uh, he does well to force play to the outside uh, when defending the rush. Uh, he he keeps his stick in lanes. He closes his gaps super quickly. And his explosive skating also allows him to, to kind of patrol a bigger area and also react very quickly when he misses a threat. So if a pass is made to a guy that he should have had and didn't see... He has the explosive skating to make up that gap really quickly, and and I guess like save plays that 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 could have become high danger scoring chances. Um, his, his skating as a whole is elite. Like his, his knee bend and stride depth and ankle flexion and all, all the the complex terms for skating and stuff. He's great at. Like he's he's one of the best skaters in the entire draft, uh, which is what you want to see from a five foot ten defenseman. I believe he's five ten. Uh, he is indeed five uh, eleven. Oh, nice. Um, but <laughs> that's great. Uh, but also, like, like he, he drives the middle lane consistently, and he can jump in on the rush as well um, when when like his team's attacking. And he plays an exceptionally modern game. He has all the tools to succeed. Uh, from the, the passing, the skating, to the, the the brain and the shot. He has, he has it all basically. And he's my top defensive prospect in the draft, and he's he's also a tier above the next best one for me. So, I I'm a very 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 big fan of uh, Sandy Pelica. So if the Habs could add him, and like for me, I just have no idea where he's actually going to go in the draft because, on the one hand, he is a Swedish defenseman, great skater, uh, played second pairing in the World Juniors for Sweden, playing pro hockey in the SHL. Like he has all these these things that NHL teams love. On the other hand, he's kind of undersized, kind of offensive leaning, uh, contentious defensively, which is more indicative of a defenseman who falls in the draft. So I'm curious to see if a team actually goes out and takes him like like in that like eight to fifteen range, or if he falls into like that that late first round range uh, where he'd be an absolute steal. Uh, so I'm curious to kind of like also see like the next ranking for Bob McKenzie to kind of like get a better sense of what NHL teams are thinking of, of him. But um, honestly, if, if a team can add him anywhere between between 10 and 30, uh, they're doing very, very well for themselves. That's one thing that I noticed about this year's draft or the upcoming draft. And it, it's not just reflected in your rankings, but it's been a few people that I've spoken to is that there's not a lot, whole lot of defensemen in that top 35, 40 kind of no. range. Um, and as the Habs kind of needing a uh, defenseman and they're not the only team in that boat, right? Like it's going to be a little bit, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what way they go. So what other players in your mind kind of really distinguish themselves this year uh, in, in the, in the tournament, not the upcoming, the past tournament. 
It um, is Sunday morning, everybody. It is indeed. Um, one guy I, I I loved every time I saw him play the World Juniors was Gavin Brindley, uh, who's a guy that was already in my top ten going into the World Juniors, which uh, is is not a unanimous uh, ranking at all. Uh, Gavin Brindley is being ranked anywhere between well, where I have him at eight. I mean, I haven't seen anyone have him. I think I think uh, Smart Scouting has him at like ten or something. Um, but anywhere between between ten and thirty is kind of where where he's being ranked, which is a pretty wide range. Uh, and he's he's undersized. Like he's he's five nine, one seventy, uh, a bit older for the draft class too. Uh, but he's playing for Michigan, and he's been playing top six center minutes uh, for Michigan, and just doing great at it. Uh, he, he hasn't been putting up the the points that Fantilli has. I believe he's, he's at kind of like half a point a game pace. Uh, but the thing with Brindley is that his motor is by far the best in the entire draft class. Uh, he's constantly just driving the pace, uh, constantly going 100%. He's really quick. Um, he needs to learn to, to to kind of not go 100% all the time, just in terms of, of adding a, a bigger element of, dy- of dynamism and deception to his game, because right now it's almost predictable that he's always going 100%. But... Uh, he's so inside driven. Uh, he plays a really refined physical game. Uh, he knows how to apply his physicality despite being a bit undersized, which is what you want to see from smaller players. Uh, really smart, great playmaker, good shot. Um, like he, 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 he's, he's easily a top six center um, in, in terms of his projection. And uh, every single time I watched the U S play, I wasn't even watching to scout Gavin Bridley. Um, but Every single time I watched them, my eyes were glued to Brindley. Every single, whatever he was on the ice, uh, he he assisted one goal uh, in the Canada game. It was the goal scored by Kenny Connors, which I believe was the U.S.'s second goal. Uh, and and Brindley uh, was got the primary assist on it, and uh, he he got it by uh, it was like in transition. Uh, he was going down the wing, and then he cuts to the middle for the zone entry. Uh, basically, like gravitated the defenseman towards him, and then dropped the, the puck back to Connors, who had then the open shooting lane. It's just like a beautiful zone entry. It's exactly what you want to see from players like Brindley. Um, and I, I know there, there, there's a few people that just absolutely adore Brindley. Uh, other people that are a bit cooler on him. I think Elite Prospects had him at like 23 or 25 overall. Uh, but I, I, I know that 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 they're gonna bump him up in their in their next rankings because uh, they 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 liked his tournament a lot. Um, Gavin Brindley is just a lot of fun, and I currently have him one spot ahead of Sandy Pelica. But those two guys have been like literally have been swapping them back and forth so many times. Uh, but yeah, he's a lot of fun. So I was looking at some of these other players and you don't have them rank them too, too late in the first round, but we're going to talk about some other projected first rounders as well as like maybe look at a couple of names a little bit uh, later in the, in the first, just in case that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. If you listen to this show for any length of time, you'll know Built Bar is one of our favorite, favorite products because they're so delicious. They're very, very high in protein, 
very, very low in sugar. And like I said, they are so, so good. They're all made with real chocolate. They have so many delicious flavors. And now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. You can literally, you don't have to order them online. If you do order them online, though, we have a promo code for you for 15% off. And that is locked on 15. Um, and if you want to go to Walmart, you'll find, you know, your, your standard, your cookies and cream, the double chocolate, like their popular flavors are available. Uh, but, you know, as I said, you can go to built.com and use locked on 15 to get 15% off your order or try them at Walmart. Built Bar is so, so delicious. We highly recommend that. You know what else I recommend, though, is uh, getting lots of picks in the first round. The Canadians have already done that with their own and with the Florida pick, the unpredictable unprotected Florida first round pick but as you know Kent Hughes likes to try and get first rounders for everything there's a lot of players that are going to be traded at this trade deadline the Canadians are going to be sellers and you know what depending on how close to the deadline we get and how much FOMO the other GMs are worried about they could get a couple more first round picks in the upcoming draft maybe a little bit later so Scott there were a couple of names you wanted to bring up that we still haven't talked about like Will Smith not the actor the hockey player uh, there was Edward Shala, and then there were a couple people that you wanted to 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 ask Sebastian his thoughts on. So, in case the Canadians, the Canadians could draft literally anywhere in that first round, uh, multiple times. So, let's talk about some of these other names that we haven't touched on so far. Yeah, because I was looking at uh, Sebastian's ranking that he sent to us, and uh, two names stood out to me. One because I heard it mentioned a lot in regards to the World Juniors, and one just because um, checking in on NCAA hockey scores, I see it on the score or not on the score sheet, but you see it a lot. Um, the two names that I was looking at uh, were Reinbacher and Charlie Strammel. Um, because I assume when the Canadians trade someone like a Sean Monahan, a maybe Evgeny Dodonov, a Mike Hoffman or whatever, if they get a first for anything, it's going to be a late first round pick because it's going to a contender team. And that's right about where they fall in line in terms of your rankings and what I've seen around there. What can we, you know, kind of learn about that? Or is there someone else in that, let's say, 20 to 28 range, give or take, that the Canadians might find their luck in there, fall down there, kind of like Owen Beck fell into the second round uh, last year at the draft? I mean, to be honest, I think uh, guys that I have ranked in the top 10 could could be available there. Like Gavin Brindley, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he were available at like 22, 24. Um, but for those names... Uh, David Reinbacher is really funny to me. Um, he is extremely contentious in the scouting community, and I've had many long conversations with other scouts about him, which has always been very fun. Uh, he 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 was kind of like uh, like unknown to most scouts until like late November, which is really funny uh, because he plays in the Swiss league, which is not at all a development league. You, you rarely see players from the from the NL get drafted. Uh, but he's playing like top four minutes for them as an 18 year old. And uh, he's putting up half a point a game in a pro league. And he had a very, very good tournament for Austria. Um, the really funny thing with him is uh, people seem to either think he's a top 15 pick or that he's like a third round pick. And n very few people are kind of falling where I'm falling, which is like kind of in the middle. Uh, I, I don't see first pairing upside with David Reinbacher. Um, I, I, I see him as a very reliable two-way second pairing guy who's just very solid. Um, my hot take is that Ryan Bacher is going to be the first defenseman picked in the 2023 NHL draft. And I'm feeling pretty good about that prediction right now. Uh, 
he has everything that NHL teams look for in defensemen. He is a great skater. Uh, he plays physical, physically. He's playing in a pro league. Uh, he's putting up good points in a pro league. Uh, he flashes really good passing skill in transition, uh, though his, 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 he, he can kind of panic under pressure when it's coming from like right in front of him uh, when he has the puck behind the net. Uh, but he has all these elements that I just think NHL teams are going to absolutely love, especially in a draft that kind of lacks players like that. Um, there, there is one other guy, a defenseman who plays like Reinbacher, but I think is better than Reinbacher, who's a guy called Dmitry Simashev, who I know uh, your friend uh, David St. Louis is a very big fan of. Um, but but I, I think Reinbacher is going to be the, the, the first guy picked just because he has that combination of size and skill. Well, Size and physicality and good decision-making. Uh, he's very safe as a player to pick. Um, but for the Habs, I, I don't he's not going to be available by the time that I would be feel comfortable picking him personally. Uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pretty certain of that. Um, but he, he had a great, great tournament. Like he was like him and, and Vincent Rohr were really Austria's only two great players in that tournament. And um, and yeah, like, like he, he, he Reinbacher is very good. Uh, I've watched now three, I, I fully scouted three de- games of his in depth, and I'm I'm pretty pretty con- I, I'm comfortable with my assessment of him now. Uh, which is late first round guy for me personally, but uh, is probably going to go a lot higher. And uh, the other guy, Charlie Strammel. Uh, I was not expecting to be a big Strammel fan. Uh, he's he's a prototypical like NHL GM type of pick where he's super physical, good skater, um, playing in the NCAA as a draft eligible. Um, and, and yeah, kind of just brings that physical game where I was going into to, to watching him for the first time, like a few months ago, not, not really expecting to be super high on him. What I saw was actually really enticing to me. Uh, and I have him ranked at 22nd overall right now. Um, ahead of some names that I really like a lot, uh, and ahead of Reinbacher, uh, he Charlie Strammel is an exceptional playmaker, and that's one thing I wasn't really expecting to see uh, going into to, to watching him for the first time. And uh, he he does so many things so well. Uh, he's a really safe bet to become a third line center. Uh, I'm like I'm very comfortable making that prediction, and I think there is second line center upside there as well. Uh, he he's again he's he's a great skater. Um, has a, a decent shot. He's not going to be a goal scorer, but his his playmaking really is a standout skill. He's constantly feeding pucks in the slot. He knows how to open up lanes to feed teammates. Uh, he it, it really is quite impressive. His defensive game, uh, the, the 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 activity rate is there defensively. The actual reads are a bit inconsistent, but he is a draft eligible in the NCAA. It's going to happen. It's fine. Uh, he's also one of the most physically engaged players in the entire draft class, and he uses it effectively. He's not a guy to chase hits. He he really does leverage his physicality to create advantages, and he knows how to exploit those. Uh, so, yeah, I, I quite like uh, Charlie Strammel. Uh, I thought he had a, also a very solid tournament uh, for the U.S. at the World Juniors. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, and then Will Smith, uh, one of the premier playmakers in the entire draft class, Kind of ish this year's version of Logan Cooley. Uh, he's a worse. He's he, he's not as good as a, of a skater at all. Like like Logan Cooley is a tremendous skater and so dynamic off the rush. Uh, Will Smith 
uh, has the same level of handling skill and creativity and dynamic ability. The skating is solid, but it's not amazing. Um, I, I currently have him ranked 10th overall, uh, but you could convince me to, to pick him as early as like seventh or eighth if my top six are off the board. He's very good. Uh, and he's going to go top 15 in this draft. I'd be absolutely shocked if he fell beyond that. Um, he, he's, he's, he's the best player on the US NTDP this year. Uh, though I'm also a very big fan of Ryan Leonard um, and really like Oliver Moore as well. Uh, but yeah, what Will Smith is, is a lot of fun and he's a, just really a, a very, very high end playmaker, which is, it's always nice when you can bet on a high skill player who also has a defining ability, right? Like whether it be like a great shot paired with get, like, getting open in the offensive zone or just this, the, the, this, this ability to not only feed pucks to the slot, but to, to create the lanes to open it up, to create space for teammates and all these different aspects that go into playmaking beyond just pure passing ability. And, and Will Smith has that all. And, and the handling skill is exceptional. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's a lot of fun to, to, to watch for sure. And that was a lot of really, really useful information. And I'm so excited for our listeners to, to hear these episodes because this is something that, you know, I feel like last year we got really, really into the draft stuff early because the Canadians were bad. And we kind of forgot this year that they're still in like year. Now it's the first year of a rebuild. So, um, you know, there's still a whole bunch of draft stuff to get excited about, a whole bunch of prospects to look into. So I, I think our listeners will get a lot out of this episode. Um, so Sebastian, tell people where they can find your work before we sign off, please. Yeah, for sure. So everything I do is just centralized on Twitter. So hi underscore Sebastian at Twitter. Um, and yeah, like everything I do is there. I'm, I'm, I'm the director of North American Scouting uh, for Dubber Prospects. So check out Dubber Prospects. We released our midterm rankings a few weeks ago. Uh, so go, go check that out. I believe it was like a it was like a 3000 word write up <laughs> that ended up happening there for the top of our top 50 players, I believe. And uh, yeah, and our, our next ranking is until April. So uh, we have, we have some time to, to, to change our minds on some players, but uh, yeah, qu- quite a bit's going on. Uh, but yeah, just on Twitter is where you can find all of my work. And I want to thank you so much for, for your time today. I know we took up a lot of it, but we've been waiting to have you on for like a couple of months now. So we were like, let's milk this and let's get as much as we can. So I'm really, really excited. And hopefully you'll come back at some point before the draft. Of course. We know uh, where the Canadians will actually be picking. Uh, it'll be a lot easier to kind of, you know, have, have these projections and stuff. But I'm so, so excited for people to listen to this. And if you want to find us on Twitter, we are LO underscore Canadians. I'm at the active stick. Scott is at Scott Matla. You can always email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Uh, we are also on uh, YouTube. So you can leave questions in the YouTube comments uh, as well. And obviously subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you tomorrow with the mailbag.